what will you be remembered for? Will you be remembered for being a stubborn and rebellious, self-willed person? Will your story be that, well, they, they sure love to live life. They love to party. Or will your story be, you know, I could always run to Grandpa when I was hurting. And he would share wisdom with me. And he would pray with me. See, we, we all leave a story. We all leave a story. If today were to be your last day, what would your co-workers remember about you? What would your neighbors remember? What would be your story? I remember back in the 80s and 90s, there was a bumper sticker you'd see quite often. It said, he who has the most toys wins. Well, really, the true story is, he who has the most toys just dies with a selfish story. What's your story? You know, when Almighty God created mankind, He showed us what He wanted our story to be. It's found in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. I'm going to ask that we read it all together. Would you please join me reading out loud? Starting right here. Everyone together. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, if you fish like I do, you need to pray this one right here a little bit more. Actually, I'm a really good fisherman. Fish love for me to go fishing because I feed them so well. I'm just not a very good catcherman. <clears throat> this, was, this was God's desire. This is what God's original design and God's original intent for mankind. The story he wants you to leave behind you is this. I lived a bountiful life. My life was fruitful. I multiplied. I replenished the earth. I filled the earth. Whether we're talking about procreation or whether we're talking about in our career 
or whether we're talking about in the health and well-being of our relationships. I man, I was bountiful. I was bountiful. Let, let me let me tell you the story of just one man in this city. I didn't know Pastor Greenwood very well. We would bump into one another occasionally at pastor's conferences. And I, I knew who he was, but I just didn't know him very well. When I moved to Hermiston, he was living in a senior center here in town. And I don't remember now how many decades he had pastored here in this city and, and supported himself I'd been here about a year, year and a half. He passed away. And I went to his memorial service. In Burns Mortuary, every chair was filled. The little vestibule they have outside the sanctuary was filled. And people were standing outside the doors. They had the doors open. People were standing outside the doors. State senators, state, state representatives were there. Mayors were there. Major business owners were there. I mean, that place was filled. He didn't pastor a huge church. He just pastored the city of Harmiston and Umatilla and Stanfield. <laughs> he lived bountiful. He left a legacy behind him. God means for us to live victorious. Victorious. These military terms that God uses, subdue, take dominion. See, God knew that He was putting mankind behind the enemy lines. Earth was the atmosphere where the kingdom of darkness was. Lucifer was the ruler of the darkness of this world. The prince of the power of the air. And God brought a whole new species of being. Mankind. Human being. And He placed Him here to be filled with His glory. And for Him to go forth in the name of Almighty God to conquer and to live victorious in every area of their life. Well, what are you leaving behind you? A story of depression? Worry? Anxiety? A story of addiction? A story of an angry man? A frustrated mom who yelled all the time? What, what, what are you leaving behind you? What's your story? Well, I can tell you the story Almighty God wants you to live and leave behind you is what you see on the screen right now. That's God's intent for you. You see, paradise was lost. I, I have trouble getting my mind around what Adam and Eve did. And I'll be honest, with you, I have some days when, when I, when, when, well, let me just put it this way. 
70s are not for sissies, baby. If you're in your 50s now, you better start getting ready. Because it's going it, it, to take, it's going to take, excuse the expression, ladies, but guys will get it. It's going to take some guts. It's going to take some perseverance. It's going to take some courage. And, 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 and it's not for whiners. And there are some days I am really mad at Adam. I want to punch him in the nose and say, what in the world were you thinking, son? You had it perfect. You had a perfect relationship with the environment. You had a perfect relationship with the animal kingdom. You had a perfect relationship with your wife. You had a perfect relationship with Almighty God. What in the world were you thinking? (laughs) You ever feel that way? Don't you want to ask him? What were you thinking, man? Dumb. Sometimes you just can't fix stupid, you know? That was stupid. And what happened? Well, we all know what happened. We all live it every day. <laughs> one, of our, one of our young families that, that, that has their first kiddo that is now two. And they said, we get it now. We're having to really parent. Because he's got a mind of his own. Oh, yeah, they do. How many know that? You know, you, you have to train children. Or they'll grow up selfish. They'll grow up being liars. They'll steal. Come on. They'll be mean. Because they're sinners from birth. They're not, they're not born with the perfect clean slate, and you just get to ride on it? Are you kidding me? They're born one CD, and it's sin, and they want their way. Come on, right? Amen? The funny thing is, when we, when, when we get older, my wife taught kindergarten for years. She says, there's a lot of adults who are still acting like kindergartners. When they don't get their way, they just throw a little temper tantrum. They don't fall on the floor and kick and scream like they did when they were, you know, three, four, or five. They just do it otherwise. Come on. They, they still yell and scream, though. They still yell. How many know? See, paradise was lost. But in that losing of paradise, Jesus gave this promise. Listen. He was speaking to Lucifer. And he said, I will put enmity... Between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, he will crush your head, and you will bruise his heel. God was giving the promise right there at the very beginning. I want you to understand. I want you to understand something. This is not what I want to be your legacy. Sinner. That's not what I want it to be. I want it to be that you have been redeemed, you have been reconciled, you have been restored, and you're living my original design. See, that's the promise there in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 17 to 18. He said, listen, it's not like it used to be. 
It's not like it was the glory when, it was, when, when the, the commandments were written on stone and the glory of God was a pillar of, of fire by night and a cloud by day over the tabernacle. You are now the tabernacle of God. And you go from glory to glory to glory through the redemption of Jesus Christ. Jesus was that seed of woman. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit in the womb of a virgin. And He became a human being for one reason. To redeem us, to reconcile us, and to restore us to what God originally intended. And now that can be our story. About every year and a half to two years around our dinner table, from the time that our kids were like three, four years old, all up till they went away to college, about every year and a half to two years, over dinner, some point in the year, I would say, it wasn't always like this for our family. Though you don't see it now, Grandma Wiles was, Grandpa Wiles were hardworking Missourians that loved moonshine. <laughs> Grandma Swamby, she was a party girl when I was a little boy. And every weekend, Friday and Saturday night was Hoot Nanny Night. In would come the guitars and the cases of beer. Grandpa Hackett was a hard-working, hard-drinking, high-functioning contractor alcoholic. Grandpa Boskett was a hard-working mechanic, but was an alcoholic. So you've you got to understand something. It wasn't always a godly Christian home. Wanda would tell her story of how in high school, contemplating suicide. But she went to church with one of the girls in her study hall class, and she met Jesus. In high school, I was invited to go to a youth camp on July 3rd, 1964. I found Jesus. We wanted them to know our story. That we're redeemed. And then we would look them in the eye. And I'd look every one of my kids in the eye. I'd tell them, you can't even think about using alcohol. Not even once. Not even once. It must never be in your life. Because you have no idea what the consequence would be coming from the lineage. But understand something. Now our lineage gets to change for all generations. And we get to make a, a lineage of righteousness. Righteousness. Amen? What's your story? What's your story? You see, that's why Jesus established the church. Jesus built the church. And He said, upon this rock I'll build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I give to you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. And so Jesus began to build His church 
to establish that through the human race, we could have a story of righteousness and godliness. Look, look at what he told the original 12 disciples. You know, when, we, when we think about the disciples, we usually think about the original 12. You know, Bartholomew and, and, and Thomas, Peter, James, and John, and, and you know, those guys. Look at, look, at, look at what he told them. He said, and this is recorded, of course, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10. He said, I want you to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, that meant they could only preach to Jews. This was exclusively for the Hebrews, for the Jews. Okay? Couldn't go to anybody else. Don't go, you, you just go to the Jews. And when you go, I want you to preach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I want you to heal the sick. I want you to cleanse the leper. I want you to raise the dead. I want you to cast out devils. Then he said this. You've received this freely. In other words, you didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. They're getting it by grace. They're getting it by grace. Come on, amen? Getting it by grace. You've received it freely. So don't make people earn it. You don't say to people, now tell you what, every one of you that will send me a $100 offering right now, you're going to get. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. It comes by grace. And there's not one of us in this room that deserves any of it. Come on, amen? And so they went. They went, they went. But listen, it didn't stop there. Then Jesus had 70 other disciples. Now, many people aren't aware. They think of the 12. Jesus didn't have 12 disciples. He had 82 disciples. Luke chapter 10 records him talking to those 70 others. And he says to them, I want you to go to all the cities I'm about to go to. Now, this is Jew and Gentile. But only within what we know today as the Holy Land and Lebanon. So what is in the news, Lebanon, the West Bank, Israel, and Gaza. That's where they were going to. Jew and Gentile. But boy, pretty, pretty small territory, right? But that's where they were going to. And he went, look what he said to them. He said, when you go, I want you to preach. The kingdom of God is at hand. And I want you to heal the sick. But he said to them, and when you go to these cities, whatever house you stay in, if that house is worthy, you bless that house, and that blessing is going to come upon that house. Isn't that cool? And then he said this, every city you go to, when they receive you, you bless that city, and that city will be a blessed city. But every city you go to, when they reject you, you shake the dust off your shoes and your clothes as you're leaving that city. And it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah and it will be for that city. Wow. Wow. Look at the power and authority. And these guys, they came back and they went, man, Jesus, even demons are subject to us in your name. I mean, they were excited. They were seeing God do things. But it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. 
just before Jesus was about to go back to the Father. He had been crucified, been in the grave three days, came out of the grave, showed himself to Mary in the garden, showed himself to the, to the disciples in the, in the upper room. He'd been with them 40 days, teaching them, speaking to them along the Sea of Galilee. And then Jesus was about to go back to the Father, to sit at the right hand of the Father. And he's on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples are with him. And before he goes, he said to them this in the Gospel of Mark. Go and preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Stop. First it was to the Jews only. Then it was only to those living in the Holy Land. Now it's to Jew and Gentile throughout the earth and throughout all generations. These signs will follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He said it this way in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 18. He said, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. In verse 19, he said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and I will be with you always. So now it moved from the micro to the macro. And in the 21st century, this is what he wants to be our legacy. This is, this is what he wants for our legacy. He, he said it this way in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 14, verses 12 to 14. Truly, truly, I say to you, he that believeth in me, the works that I do, will he do also, and greater works than these shall I do, because I go to my Father. If you ask anything in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, what did Jesus do? Well, everywhere he went, he healed the sick. Opened blind eyes. The lame walked. The deaf could hear. Everywhere Jesus went, he healed the sick. He did miracles. I, 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 I constantly marvel that the very first miracle that Jesus did in his public ministry was at a wedding to keep the master of ceremony and the bride and groom from being embarrassed he turned water to wine. I know many people think that's an endorsement. It's okay to drink wine. No, no. The point was he didn't want the bride and groom and the master of ceremony to be embarrassed. That was the point. Jesus always gave a miracle because he cared about the people. 
That was the point. He cared about the people. And there's there's a whole story there surrounding his his mother also. And it always it always kind of I never tried this with my mom. It always just kind of amazes me that that she said to him, Jesus, you got to do a miracle now. He hadn't done a miracle yet, but she knew who he was, and she said, you got to do a miracle now. And he was and he says, woman. What have I to do with you? I never tried that with my mom. I would have woke up in last month. You know? By the way, I've, I've, I've never tried it with my wife either. Woman. Wait, 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 wait a friend of ours who called his wife that. And I remember here. We we'd all been married a couple of three weeks or maybe maybe a couple of months and, and she said she says don't you ever call me woman. I answered her with a very nice smile. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Interesting stories, aren't they? How Jesus Jesus had a habit of raising the dead. He stopped the funeral procession and raised the son from the dead. Wherever Jesus went, he brought the authority of the kingdom. In fact, his sermons, when he started preaching, his sermon was, the kingdom of God is at hand. He wanted them to know, I'm restoring the kingdom authority of Almighty God. It's not about religion. I'm bringing to you the authority of the kingdom of Almighty God. And everywhere he went, a woman caught in the act of adultery, thrown at his feet, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. He gave her hope that her life could change. He forgave her of her sin. And He gave her the courage and the ability to go and don't live that way anymore. A woman that had been married five times and none of them had been worked out. She's living with a sixth man. And He says to her, Woman, your sins can be forgiven. If you will drink the living water I'll give you, you'll never thirst again. Everywhere He went. See, now, if that was Jesus' ministry, and that's His legacy. See, that's the legacy of Jesus, right? That's His story. And then He says to you and I, I want this to be your story. This is to be your story. When your grandchildren talk about you, what will they say about you? Will they, will they talk about the fate of their grandpa? When I was youth director and evangelism director in eastern Canada, had a young lady that was my secretary. She told me this story. She gave me permission to share it. She said, when I was a teenager, I began to rebel against the faith of my parents. And I was doing things I knew I shouldn't be doing, but I wanted to be accepted by my peers. She said, one night I came from a date. We'd been out drinking. When I got home, my dad was up waiting for me. And I thought, oh no, boy, am I in trouble now. 
She said, I came in and my dad was in tears. He looked at me and he said, I know what you've been doing. I know what you've been doing for months. And she said, he actually began to tell me exactly what I had been doing for months. She, she said, you know, my dad's a man of prayer. Her dad was a good friend of mine, fellow pastor in heaven today. She said, and I was ready to get a whipping, but she said, he took out Rather than giving me a whipping, he said, I'm not going to whip you. You're too old for that. But I want you to learn a lesson that you'll never forget. And he, he said, he handed it to me and he said, you whip me. I'm going to take your whipping. Because Jesus took your sin. And he leaned over chair and I couldn't he said you will do it and I just kind of hit him once he said no 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 you whip me and he made me whip him he said I've never forgotten that I'll never get away from it and I'll never forget that Jesus took my sin I've been tempted. And I'm walking with Jesus today because of my God the Father. What's your story? Do your co-workers know you have the power and authority of prayer? And do you release it over them? You see, Jesus established His church to build war rooms of prayer. Where we would go to war and we would subdue the power of darkness and we would take dominion. So the enemy would not beat up our families, would not beat up our loved ones, would not beat up our neighbors, would not beat up our city. But we have the authority to change that and stop that. He wanted our families blessed. Because the moms and the dads live blessed and they bless their kids. And their kids walk in that blessing. He wants our kids going to our middle schools and our high schools walking in the blessing of Almighty God. I think about Rachel and the legacy she left behind at Columbine. What a legacy of that teenage girl. That's God has for us. What's your story? What's your story? Would you stand with me, please? Say to me, Pastor, your story. If you'd say to me, Pastor Dean, my story's not what I want it to be, but I want to make a commitment today. I'm going to change that. I'm going to start walking in the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want that to be my story that I leave behind me. That I was a woman of God. I'm a man of God. 
and I'm leaving that story behind me. Step out from where you are and meet me down here. We're going to close in prayer together. Would you come? Would you come? I want that to be my story. A man full of the Holy Spirit. A woman full of the Holy Spirit. A woman sold out to God. A man sold out to God. I want to leave a story behind me that I pray for people and they get healed. I pray for people and they see miracles in their life. I want to leave behind me the story that I pray for my co-workers and they see God work in their life. I pray for my neighbors, they see God work in their life. I want to leave behind me the story that my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren know that grandma and grandpa were men and women of God. 